Gentlemen, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton and I am your host. Hey, I started this podcast a while ago so that I could uh, offer what I could to help men become the men they were always destined to be, men of responsibility, men of duty, men who love their wives well and their families well and contribute to society. And um, I just, I really believe in that uh, a generation of men who are duty bound and responsible and love their wives well can actually change the culture that we live in. And, And I'm excited to be doing this podcast with you today. Before we start, I think it's important for you to know that a couple things about this podcast. One, I never edit it, edit it because I want it just to be how it is. And two, I record wherever I can find to record when I have time. And so currently I'm sitting in my closet with my computer on a hamper and my microphone on the other hamper recording this podcast because I'm on dad duty today working from home and this is what I have. So I'm literally, I'm sitting in a closet bent over a hamper recording this podcast. And I think that's funny. Um, so welcome to a raw podcast. If my daughter, she's currently napping. If she wakes up and starts crying, she'll be joining me for the rest of it. Um, so if you listen to my last episode, I talked about responsibility and I was working through my or talking about my working definition of manhood, that manhood is responsibility. Uh, manhood, I don't think necessarily has anything to be with, do with being macho. I know great men who are not macho at all, but they're good men. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with certain activities that men do. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be a hunter and like guns and motorcycles or whatever, you know, whatever stereotype comes to mind. I feel like I see those all over Instagram and, no, that's, that's not what I, I'll, the kind of man I want to be. That's not the kind of man I want to talk to. I want to talk about men who want to be responsible and, and many other things. And in that podcast, we covered three different areas of responsibility. And so if you didn't listen, uh, go back, give that a listen. Today is going to be a follow-up to that uh, podcast. And actually, I think I'm going to be doing several episodes that are kind of a series called Manhood Is, started with Manhood Is Responsibility, and today we're doing an episode called Manhood Is Fun. But before we get to that, uh, I'd like to take some time to ask you to leave a review on Spotify or on iTunes. That's where the podcast is currently available. Uh, if you could leave five stars in a comment, that would be great, or just five stars, whatever works. I would really appreciate it if you would take a few minutes just to leave the podcast a review. That helps me out. It helps get the message out. It helps me and my dad and whoever else I have on the podcast. If, um, if you leave the review, and then if you could, please share this podcast with a friend, maybe two friends, or uh, if you're a dad, share it with your son. Uh, if you're a son, share it with your father. Um, I'd really like to get the, the this podcast known. And I don't really do advertising because there's not much budget for advertising and I'm not much of a social media guy, but um, I'm really relying on word of mouth um, to help promote the podcast. And maybe that's not the best strategy, but that's what we're going with for now. Uh, so if you could share it, um, that would be helpful. And the reason I'm asking for you to share this podcast is last week I was reading an article Um, which led to me reading several other articles about men and families and the state of our culture. And as I was reading, I got a little like sad. Uh, I don't really know how else to say it. I got a little sad. Uh, The first article I read was titled, uh, it was four statistics, uh, four statistics. Oh yeah. Four statistics showing the decline of the American family. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. If you were to Google it, you'd find it. Um, 
And the article highlighted these four statistics, like lack of marriage, uh, which means that the younger generation, uh, those late millennials like I am, we're barely a millennial, and then Gen Z, they're, they're not getting married or creating a family, but instead their priorities are work and financial stability, um, which has profound implications for the future. Uh, one of the I f- one of the other on that note, one of the other articles I found is of the top ten priorities for Gen Z specifically. Uh, number one and number two were financial freedom and moving up in their career. Uh, the list did go down to fifteen, and starting a family was like number twelve, I think, out of fifteen. Uh, which sounds good when you're in your twenties, having money and a good career. But come forty, things are things are different. Um, but then, if you're not getting married, that means men aren't pursuing the women the way they deserve to be pursued. And we know that the sexual revolution that's happened in our culture means that people are still wanting all the benefits of marriage without the responsibilities of marriage, which I don't think is good at all. Um, you know, another podcast for another day. Um, but the, the statistic that really got to me, cause they talked about declining birth rates and that kind of thing. The statistic that got to me was titled "Young Men Are More Disenfranchised Than Ever," and it said in this article it highlighted that 15% of all men between 25 and 34 are living with their parents. That workforce participation is declining among men only. Uh, men are not getting married until they're like 31 and a half on average. And you know, I got married late. I got married at right before I turned 29. So like I. You know, I get getting married late, but when it's that broad, it has implications for the future. Um, and in some circles, the article highlighted, in some circles, they're very small circles, but they are loud circles. Uh, it's they actually Some people believe it's actually bad to be a man and that the world would be better if men were more like women, which is patently false and it's a lie. The world would not be better if men were more like women. That's a, that's a really silly thing to say. The world would be better if men were like men, if they were growing into good men who are responsible and they contribute. And the world would be, be better if women were women. And the last line of the article, it, it stood out to me. It says, as the family goes, so goes the nation. And as, goes, and as the father goes, so goes the family. And this is true, true, true. As we talked about in, my la- in the last podcast, what happens to men when they abandon their families, women and children suffer, especially children. Single mother households are the number one uh, indicator of generational poverty, uh, crime in the children. It's, it's, really, it's really, really devastating. So all of that to say without going into too much detail. What we're trying to do here on the podcast and with the other projects that um, I'm working on that are geared towards helping men is to combat one of the greatest problems in our culture, and that's the that's the disenfranchisement of men. Uh, we're trying to help men become the men they were designed to be, ordinary men who have great families, they have satisfying work that contributes to the world, they lead a full life, they have joy, they have fun, they're vibrant, they're everything that God designed men to be. So if you could share this podcast with a friend, we would greatly appreciate it. And like I said at the beginning, today I want to do a follow-up to my last podcast that was titled Manhood is Responsibility. I believe that with all that I am, and I just wanted to add this one caveat, that manhood is fun. Being a man is is fun. <clears throat> I was thinking about the podcast episode uh, as I was, you know, throughout the week and thinking like, man, if all you do is fulfill your responsibilities, eventually you're going to lose that sense of joy and that, and that part of being uh, that joy of life, that vibrancy of life. <clears throat> 
So when I was a child, my parents would have me pray before dinner sometimes. Like we'd go between all the brothers uh, and I always prayed the exact same thing as a child. God, thank you for this meal and help us to have fun tonight. Every single prayer, help us to have fun tonight. It's like a running joke in my family. Like, eh, Keaton just wants to have fun. That was true when I was a child. All I wanted to do was have fun. So maybe I'm going to be a little biased towards this topic, but I think it's good to have fun. Everything's better when you're having fun. And if you remember the quote that I used, if you listen to the podcast, I used a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. And you might be like, which one? Like, yeah, I know, I know. Theodore Roosevelt fanboy over here. Um, but I use this big quote from the opening of his autobiography that was about men not shirking the hard work of the world. But the last line of the quote says, with the responsibility of life, with it must go the joy of living in the many sided beauty of life. There is joy in the many sided beauty of life. Life is not just responsibility and duty. It is also joyous and fun. And there's a lot to get out of life that, and and to give to life that brings joy and fun to the world. Uh, with, with, uh, if it's only responsibility, only responsibility and you guys, I think we all probably know, man, I've been this man who it's only responsibility, only work all the time, only doing our duty all the time. No fun. Uh, we risk becoming hard, uh, dull, and God forbid we become boring. <laughs> and who wants to be a boring man? No, it's fun to be a man. Uh, and uh, today I want to take a look at a few verses in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's in the Bible. It's part of the wisdom literature. Uh, it's one of, my wife makes fun of me because I say this all the time. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And she's, and she's like, you say that about every book. And I'm like, I know, I know. Probably never said it about, I don't know, Leviticus, but they're all, they're good. Uh, but Ecclesiastes is, it's a part of the wisdom literature. There's a lot of wisdom in it and it opens really strong. So if you were to open up a Bible, flip to Ecclesiastes, the first verse of the book is meaningless, meaningless. Everything is all meaningless. Like <laughs> that's a really strong opener, but the author, uh, you know, he's at the end of his life and he's recounting all that he's done. He's the author we believe is King Solomon. He's a really wealthy, powerful King. I've talked about him on the podcast before he had parties and feasts and work and riches and he built monuments and he had what looked like a very successful life. And he says, it's all meaningless. But the line that I want to focus on today comes from chapter nine. And the author writes this. He says, I observed that there is nothing better for a man than to find joy in all his toil. Translation, in all of your responsibilities, all the toil of your life, find a way to have fun doing those things. Most of us probably don't work a job that we would say is fulfilling. And the idea of a fulfilling job, that's actually a relatively new idea. The Art of Manliness podcast uh, talks about this, episode 78, really good episode. It's with Cal Newport. They're going through his book. What's that book called? So Good They Can't Ignore You. And the host of the of the Art of Manliness podcast interviews Cal Newport, and they, they talk about fulfilling work. And um, most people prior to like this generation and then my generation gen millennials, most people found fulfillment in their work by staying there for a really long time, working a job for 30 years, providing for their family and working really, really hard. The idea of finding something you're passionate about is a pretty new idea. 
And it's left many of us searching and searching for that perfect job that will finally bring us the fulfillment we're looking at. And in the podcast, they, he had an, he had another idea. And I was like, yes, I actually believe that with all, with all that I am. Um, he's like, actually, if you get really good at your job, you will find your job is really, really satisfying. Um, and even if you did find a job that you were passionate about at the beginning, you know, your first day, you're like, oh, I'm just so passionate about this. I found it. Well, eventually work becomes work. Eventually work becomes toil. It loses that joy and the passion that it brought you on that very first day. But with whatever we do, whatever we find to put our hand to, uh, we can find ways to make it fun, even if it's dull, even if it's not ideal or whatever else that keeps us up at night when our work isn't fulfilling. You know how you can stay up at night thinking about work and you're like stressed about it and you're like, I just need a new job. Well, one of the things we can do is try to become the best we can at our job. Like seriously, try it. Try to become the best at whatever you do. And I would put money on it that you would start to find joy and fun in that job. And as an example, I tried to think of the most boring job in the world. I was like, what is the worst job, most boring, mundane job? And I was like, accountant. That's what it is, accountant. And I don't know anybody who is thrilled by the daily work of debits and credits and whatever else accountants do. Um, but I bet I would be willing to bet if someone was an accountant and they tried to be the best accountant they could be, I bet they would start to find joy in their work and that joy would translate to the rest of rest of their life. Life will become more fun. So if you like whatever job that you have, apply that to try to be the best. And I'm willing to bet that you would find joy. Um, Ecclesiastes nine goes on to say, it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. So translation, become the best at you can at your job. The whole book of Ecclesiastes, like I said, is about an old man who had everything in life. And at the end of life, he said that you can find joy in all that you do. And because work is a bulk of our life, we need to do all that we can to have, find joy in our work. Like you're going to spend most of your life sleeping and at work. And it's good to find joy in your work and have fun at work and do everything you can. And I think you can do that by trying to become the best you can at your job instead of searching for something that might fulfill your passion. Now, there is a definitely a time I would like to say to go find a new job, that for sure. Um, but I think let's try being the best we can at our job. Men who work hard at being the best seem to have the most fun. Or men who have the most fun seem to be do the best work. Maybe both. It's probably both. And I can hear my daughter crying, so I'm going to hit pause, and I'm going to go grab her and be right back. And false alarm. She went right back to sleep. Uh, we don't edit the podcast, so that's what you get when uh, you don't edit the podcast. You get real life as it happens. Maybe that's not professional, but that's real life, and I like real life. Um, okay, let's see. Where were we? Oh, Okay, so we just finished talking about work. Find a way to have fun in your work, and I think one of the best ways you can do that is by becoming the best that you can at your job. I think you will find a lot of joy. I know like there have been times in my life where I've just felt like beat down by work, and it's because I was coasting. Um, I was feeling sorry for myself, and I, said, and I decided I'm going to try to become the best I can at my job. And every time I do that, I start to f find a lot of joy and have a lot of fun at work. I look forward to going to work every day because I'm like, I'm going to try to be the absolute best that I can. <clears throat> okay, so in Ecclesiastes 
uh, again, there's another great verse about joy. And uh, I do highly encourage you to read Ecclesiastes. There's great wisdom in there. Uh, It's only 12 chapters. It'll probably take you like 40 minutes to read the whole thing. There's so much goodness in that book. Um, So highly encourage you to read it. Here's the verse from Ecclesiastes, uh, a different one. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your short life that God has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life. Translation, if you're married, go have fun with your wife. Life gets real busy when you're married. I've been married a whole year and a half, so I'm still a marriage expert. But I also know that life was, as soon as we got married, it felt like life accelerated. It was like our schedule doubled and it basically did. It effectively doubles when you have two schedules merged into one. And it becomes, you know, you've got your work and you've got your activities and all sorts of stuff. And and life gets so busy that you start to realize, oh, we're not having fun. And then you're like, oh, we need date night. Yes, date night is important. Um, But I noticed, we, so me and Chelsea, we've been doing date night for a long time, uh, you know, all year and a half that we've been married. And uh, we try to go twice a month, but I noticed something a few months back uh, about our date night because we, we'd most of the time we'd just go out to dinner, go out, go out and eat. <clears throat> and I started to notice that our dates were becoming like the opening scene of Crazy Stupid Love. <clears throat> if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. It's hilarious. Not, I don't think it's a good message about what it means to be a man, but it is a hilarious movie. Um, and if you've seen it, you'll recall there's the opening scene where Cal, who is played by Steve Carell, so you know it's already funny. Uh, Cal and his wife, they're sitting at dinner and it's painfully awkward. There's all these young couples who are flirting and they're just sitting there looking at the menu. And Steve Carell's first line is like, Ugh, I'm so full. You were right. I shouldn't have had so much bread. <laughs> and his wife's not even listening to him. And the, the whole dinner is so boring. It's like blah. And, and I was like, I feel like some of our date nights, me and my wife's date nights, I feel like some of them are like this. Because we talk all the time. And so we go out to a dinner and it's like, well, what is there to talk about that we haven't already talked about? And date nights that are only dinner, I think they tend to become that way. And so I was like, you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this. And we're going to go have some fun. I think a better way to do date night is to have fun with our wives. So we went on a date a few weeks ago where we went and we played arcade games at a place called Dave and Buster's. And my wife beat me at every single one. She beat me at air hockey, ski ball, the basketball game. She beat me in the shooting game. She beat me in every single one. It was super annoying, but we had a blast. And since then, we're making an effort, and me especially, I'm making an effort to make sure that I have fun with my wife and that we laugh every single day. And ever and since we've been like trying that, since we've determined like we're going to try to make our marriage fun every single day, our marriage just gets better and better and better. Uh, just last night, Chelsea actually took it to a whole nother level. She thought it would be really funny to scare me while I was in the shower. And boy, did she get me. So she snuck into the bathroom while I was showering and she just waited there right next to the curtain until I turned off the water and I went to pull back the curtain and there she was with her face, just this creepy face. And I screamed like a little girl and I grabbed the shower curtain and I covered my face. I didn't even defend myself. All I did was cover my face and she fell to the floor. She was laughing so hard. 
actually this morning on her way to, she left for work at about six 30 and she was still laughing because she thought it was so funny. That's one of the, we're trying to do stuff every day that makes our marriage fun. Um, one thing that we do in our house, I've talked about this before, is we do Waffle Saturdays. It's on our calendar. We're going to have Waffle Saturdays. It's my favorite day of the week. We used to sleep in till like 9 or 10, but now that we have Noah, we sleep in all the way till 6.30. We stay in bed and drink coffee and read and play with Noah, and then we go out and we make waffles as a family, and we eat as many waffles as we want, as much syrup as we want, with whatever toppings we want. And the reason I... I a while ago, I wanted to do Waffle Saturdays because I envisioned when our kids are eight and six and four and two of them waking up on a Saturday and running into our room and screaming, it's Waffle Saturday. Like I, I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to be something where like as a family, we have Waffle Saturday for the rest of our life. And it's fun. It's a day that we look forward to. Um, and my wife loves it. And we tell each other jokes and we say goofy things all the time because we want to have fun in our marriage. Life gets so busy when you're married. And especially if you have kids, you've had kids and maybe it's been a while since you guys have had fun. Because uh, when life gets busy, fun is quick to go out the door, especially when there's feedings and laundry and dishes that pile up and like the kids need this and this. And he's like, wow. But we as men... <clears throat> We need to, I think we as men, especially, we need to make an effort to bring fun back into our marriages. Tell stupid dad jokes, be goofy, laugh, find ways to have fun with your wife. It doesn't even have to be expensive, but that childlike play is going to be, that's a lot of fun, is going to make your marriage flourish. Um, you know, going back to that, um, that movie, the line that, so the, in the movie, um, Crazy Stupid Love, the wife tells the, the guy she wants a divorce at that dinner that's so boring and awkward. And on the drive home, um, she says, I just feel like we don't have any fun anymore. And that rings true for a lot of marriages, I think. We just don't have any fun anymore. And when you get to their house, their house is beautiful. The yard is well taken care of. Steve Carell's character is somebody who hasn't missed a beat on any of his responsibilities, but they stopped having fun. Um, and I think that rings true for a lot of marriages. Let's find a way to have some fun in our marriages. All right. And then the last thing, shorter episode today, uh, but I just, I wanted to get something out. Uh, men, we need to be able to laugh at the everyday stresses of life. I think that's vital. Stress compounds. It gets worse and worse. And I have found that the best thing to do when stress comes into life is to just laugh at it. <clears throat> Make a joke. Um, before you handle whatever situation it is appropriately, of course, um, you know, use some wisdom, but laughter find as a way of making burdens and stress lighter. So a few months ago, I got lots of family stories today. A few months ago, uh, money was feeling tight <clears throat> while Chelsea was on maternity leave. You know, we, with her job, we don't have paid maternity leave, which what, what a benefit that is. And so we were living on the one income and, um, you know, and, it's just, just a little tight. And it's most of the time it's not that way, but there was a little bit of stress, some stress that came with it. <clears throat> and my wife was feeling it a lot. She was, she was starting to feel a little guilty that she wasn't working, even though she was nursing our infant, our newborn. And so we were talking about it. And instead of stressing myself out more, thinking like, oh, how can I get some more income or what can I do? I just, I looked at my wife as serious as I could. Like I made the most serious face I think I've ever made. And I said, I don't know, babe. We are definitely screwed forever. 
And then I gave her this stupid, cheesy smile that I give when I think I'm funny. And she just stared right back at me like, you're not funny. And then she laughed. And then we both laughed and the stress just evaporated. Now I know how to make my wife laugh. And I'm sure you know how to make your wife laugh. Use that gift to make her laugh when life gets stressful. Because I promise if you're feeling stressed, she is also feeling stressed. And it's good to laugh in stressful situations because it makes life better. It makes stress less heavy. It makes it lighter. And because we had laughed at our financial stress, now we were in a headspace to actually handle it. You know, when you're flooded with stress, it's very hard to actually handle situations. But if you're able to laugh they get a little bit easier. <clears throat> you know, laughter puts problems in their proper place. It keeps them from ruling over you. Um, and I think there's a temptation to be like in a stressful situation to be the strong man and you don't laugh and you just handle it. But that's not strong. That's just a hard heart. The man, the strong man who can't laugh at anything, he's not actually strong. He's just got a hard heart. Laughter itself is strength. And I think we do. We conflate strength and and but in what it actually is. But if if you can laugh at something, you're actually strong because you don't want to be hard. You don't want to be hard of heart. That just makes you bitter. And if we're not able to laugh at stuff, man, we just get burdened down. But laughter it makes us strong. It's one of the things that makes us strong. <clears throat> and if you can laugh at something, then you definitely have power over it. <clears throat> um, quick story to finish this episode. Um, I thought about this right before I hit record and I was like, oh, I'm going to write that down and, and share this story. Uh, a few years ago, uh, before I was married, I was busy. I was trying to grow and I was trying to succeed at work and my whole life revolved around it. So I'd, I'd wake up early and I'd go through my morning routine and I'd get to work. I was the first one to work and I'd work all day and I'd try new things and I'd get home and I'd read and study for work and I wasn't having any fun at all. And this went on for months and months and months. And, uh, like I said, it'd been a long time since I'd had some fun and I was starting to feel the stress of that kind of lifestyle. Cause that's what happens when you have that kind of lifestyle. You just kind of get burdened and stressed. And I was starting to feel heavy in my soul. You know, that feeling that soul heaviness, it's, it's awful. <clears throat> so I went into my roommate's room. Uh, his name's Oren. He's one of the best friends I've ever had. He, he, uh, stood in my wedding one, probably the most redemptive friendship I've ever had and restorative friendship I've ever had. <clears throat> and, you know, I told him I was having a hard time and Oren's great. He just listened. He was sitting in his chair and he listened. And then while I was talking, he looked out the window and he saw that it was snowing. <clears throat> and he, he looked back at me in the middle of my sentence. He said, put on some shoes. I was like, what? So I did almost begrudgingly. I put on some shoes and I followed him outside and he just started to run around in the snow like a child in the middle of our neighborhood. We lived in a house and we were neighborhood, no traffic. He just started running around in the snow like a child. And then he fell down in the snow and made a snow angel. And then he stood up and he ran down the street and tried to slide on his shoes. And then he made a snowball and he threw it at me. And I just stood there. <clears throat> I was too burdened with life and all my responsibilities and trying to be the best at work. Um, and taking it too far, um, that I couldn't, I couldn't have fun with him. And so he just kept playing. We're 28 years old. We're grown men. And he's, he's playing in the snow like a child. And I finally, I gave in and I joined him and it took a little bit, but I, 
I finally was able to actually have some fun playing in the snow, and it was a blast. At the after that, we were cold. We didn't. We had hoodies on. There was a lot of snow, and but my soul felt better, and the world felt okay, and everything was lighter. I was like, I can now actually handle my work, and it all it took was a little bit of fun with a friend in the snow. And that's a silly story, but it's true. It's something that we did at 28 years old. We went and we played in the snow like children. And if you're feeling some of that soul heaviness from all your responsibilities of life, or maybe it's just because you haven't had fun in a while, maybe you need to go play in the snow like a child. Maybe you just need to go have some fun. Do something that engages your body and causes you to have fun for just a minute. Instead of picking up a beer or a drink, go outside and do something fun. I've got a longboard now. That like when I'm feeling sad or like burdened or like stressed or whatever, sometimes I'll just go longboard and have some fun on the longboard. But don't just stand there like I did. Don't be too responsible that you can't have fun in your life, that you can't play. Go engage your life and have some fun. It's good for you. It's actually fun to be a responsible man. I believe that. So gentlemen, with all your responsibilities, make sure that you bring some fun to them because being a man is fun. God has endowed men with a special sense of humor to be able to laugh at stuff that's not actually funny so that other people can laugh and have fun. And he's he's given them a sense of fun that makes life better and easier for our wives and our children and the people around us. And as you're becoming the man that you want to become, don't forget to have fun along the way. Find joy and fun in your work. Work really hard to be the best you can, but also make sure you're having joy in that work. Have a blast with your wife and with your kids if you have them. Like, go have fun with your kids. Get on the floor and play. Um, if they're grown, go, go like, do something with them. Laugh as much as you can. It makes you strong. Yeah. Manhood is responsibility, but manhood is also fun. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share this episode with a friend or maybe two. Leave us a five-star review. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.